This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the faithful and true friend of the morning show here at the Garden Show, Franklin Proctor. Nice to have you about. And Charlie Dobbin <laughs> in the background. Good morning, Frank. Madly scrambling to adjust her microphone. Yeah, you know me, hmm. always madly scrambling uh, to do well, something. Yeah, yeah you, uh, you have been madly scrambling. And just on the other side of the desk, we have our good friend, James Patrick Dooley, who will, of course, answer the phones for you. For us and, yes, exactly. Uh, get folks lined up. He's the best. He's already done, you know, that job. Certainly, in one case here, so we're we're ready to go in, in you know, moments. <laughs> but I know those moments don't really start right away because no. Charlie has a raft of information to pass along. Uh, well, first of all, it's that time of year. But uh, carry on, yes. Thank you for thank you for not commenting on my apparel, which uh, <laughs> I, I wore my speedo in today. It's so warm. <laughs> <laughs> it is very you know, mild comparatively yeah, today. Yeah, I think minus lovely. one, something like that. So. Well, is it that warm? Oh, I was like minus eight, but either way, it feels it's, pretty it's, mild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a gentle morning as yep. opposed to one of those frigid ones we've been experiencing. Now, it is that time of year. It's mm-hmm. March, you know? Yeah. In like a lamb. First never of know, March. Never know. But that might not be a good thing if we don't want any lions at the end. Uh, so we are into the gardening season. Yeah. And, of course, as you know, I'm up to my eyeballs in Canada Bloom's details. And uh, my job, being the person who's in charge of all the plant material, uh, just the struggle continues. It has been so cold and so gray. Oh, man, yeah. It's been a very tough year to force plants or trick plants to grow and look amazing for um, a week from now. But anyway, we'll, we'll hope for You'll some get her sun. Done. Yeah. You'll hope get her for, done. Hope for some blue sky <laughs> in the next few days because we will be uh, next Saturday delivering um, and I'll be down at the Direct Energy Center receiving tractor trailer loads of trees and shrubs and roses and I can just see your hard hat on yep. and the hard steel-toed hat. boots. I'll be in here next Saturday morning just, yeah, just yeah. to work. The construction worker, the fluorescent vest. Her true natural <laughs> self. There she is. It's true. I am happy when I'm doing that stuff. Well. Okay. Couple okay. Of, couple of announcements. Um, just trying to remember. I did mention this last week, I think. The London Middlesex Master Gardeners, in yeah. collaboration with the City of London and Seeds of Diversity, are presenting Seedy Saturday. That's next Saturday, March the 8th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. This whole seed exchange takes place at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Center, 656 Elizabeth Street in London. Uh, meetings coming up. The Agent Court Garden Club general meeting on Monday, March 10th. It's at 8 p.m. The presentation will be by Gloria Brooks, or Brocks, and she's presenting the Chelsea Flower Show. So I imagine she's been there and taken a whole bunch of photographs and is going to show how amazing that is. Of course, Chelsea is 
our what we dream we dream for Canada Blooms to be as amazing as Chelsea. Oh really? Now that's England. Uh, England, yes. yes, and it's outdoors and, mm-hmm. and gardening. People don't think of gardening as a big deal in yeah. England. It's just they just do. You know, it's like no brainer. No questions. Everybody does something in yep, the way yep. of gardening here. Well, they're gardening a, mad. Over there. Oh, that's a way to put it. Yeah. Gardening mad. Gardening mad. Mad. Mad dog is an Englishman out in the garden. So anyway, (laughs) that's uh, happening. Agent Court, learn more about the Chelsea Flower Show. The club meets at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue Avenue in Agent Court. Of course, free parking. Refreshments are available. Um, what else? The Burlington Hort Society is meeting on Wednesday, March 12th, 7.30 p.m., Senior Centre, 2285 New Street in Burlington. The speaker is Stacy Hickman, and she's an entomologist speaking on the topic of the Battle of the Bugs. Of course, everybody... As opposed to the Battle of the Bulge, I thought you... <laughs> everybody is welcome. <laughs> and I mentioned that art and photography... Uh, the Gardener's Vision, art and photography show ongoing. The East York Garden Club has put this on for the entire month of March. Well, March starting tomorrow, actually, uh, till March 28th at 170 Memorial Park Avenue in East York, which is the S. Walter Stewart Library Auditorium. And, and I have a really funny email I want to share with you oh, later. Oh, okay. okay. We'll make time for that for uh, sure. Well, thank you. If you could arrange that, that'd be great. Well, I, I, I'd love to. But, you know, more more important than that, uh, almost more important than that. <laughs> Nothing is, is more fa- important than my good, my <laughs> good email. <laughs> <laughs> the phone, <laughs> you are off to another start. Here we go. Uh, phone numbers to reach Charlie, 416 Three six zero zero seven forty. That's for Toronto area listeners. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Our mantra is: call early, call often. One question per call, and let James know when he answers the phone. There, if you're a first time caller, and when you're welcome to the air, this will happen. Yes, you'll get your wings, the gardening wings, right here on AM 740. And we will return, Charlie and I, in just a moment, along with James, too. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Charlie, let's welcome Ruth from Whitby to the line and say a fond, uh, hey, happy March to you. <laughs> Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Frank. You look great. <laughs> Why, bless your heart. <laughs> your attire is perfect for the weather. That's right. You can't see him. <laughs> I know. Be careful. I know. That's why I can say it. Um, okay, I feel fine, but um, I do need your help, Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's my Christmas cactus. Oh, what's going on? Well, um, it was doing very well, and I was following all your previous advice. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started giving it uh, liquid fertilizer, the uh, flowering plant fertilizer. Uh-huh. And it's got wilting leaves, not all of them, but several. Okay, you say a couple of weeks ago. How often are you watering this plant? Um, just as it needed, because you said mm-hmm. let it get very dry then. When you think it's dry enough, wait another week. Right. And that's what I've been doing. Okay, so if you felt the soil right now, what would it feel like? It's really, really, really dry. Really hard and dry. Yes. Uh, Okay, so that's the trick with wilting plants. They can wilt when they're dry, and they can wilt when they're overwatered. 
Right. So your challenge is to figure out what's the, what's most likely happening there. It could be that it is so dry that it needs water, and it will perk right back up once you water it, assuming that the wilting wasn't caused by overwatering and the plant didn't sit in water for a period of hours or days after the last watering. Uh-huh. Is that possible when you last watered it? Did, could the plant have sat in a bowl of water? Well, when I first noticed this several weeks ago, I noticed that three of the leaves were wilted. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, oh, well, it probably needs watering. And the the pot was really light to lift. Mm -hmm. And I felt it, and the soil was very dry. Mm -hmm. So I gave it uh, water Mm -hmm. with some fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And it didn't do any, it didn't improve. Okay. Uh, Okay, so number one, stop with the fertilizer. Strictly think about water. If it feels super, super dry right now, what I would do is I'd probably give it a real good soaking. Okay. And that means you're going to put some water into the pot. It's going to run right through into the saucer below. It is going to take a good 20 minutes, even, you know, 45 minutes for that water that's run through to be absorbed back through the drainage holes into the soil. All right? So, okay. you, so you want that pot to be heavy and saturated and, you know, well-watered. Uh, after you've gone through this process of doing the watering, let it sit, even let it sit for an hour. Set your timer after an hour. Dump out any extra water that's in the saucer below. Get that plant into its regular sunny location and don't water it again until it's bone dry again. Well, I've been watering it. I have like a a pan underneath the Mm -hmm. pot Mm -hmm. and I've been putting the water into the pan and letting the pot sit in that pan and soak up the water. Okay. I've never put it through in the top. Okay. So what size pot do you think the plant is in? Um, Well, it's in its original pot. Probably a four inch or a six inch. Pardon? Four inch or six inch? It's probably probably four inches. I'm not really good at measurements, yeah, yeah. but I think it's probably four inch. All right, so when you're watering, how much water are you putting into the saucer below? Um, I just put in about uh, two cups full. Oh, that's plenty of water for a four inch pot. You probably need at the most one cup of water for a four inch pot. Uh-huh. And do what you've been doing, pour it into the saucer, wait one hour, and then dump the saucer, uh, any excess water that's still in the saucer, dump that down the drain. Okay. Okay. And then let it be, like I said, make sure it's in lots of sun. Yes. Let let it be. You can turn it 180 degrees every couple of days, but then just let it be. Do not put any more water near it until it's bone dry again, which might be two weeks, might be three weeks, might be four weeks, depending on how much sun and what kind of temperature it's in. Well, that was the other thing. It's it's sitting in a win- in the east-facing uh, window, so now it's getting the direct sunlight. Is that good for it? Yes. Oh, okay. And the, the more sun, the better. So if you had okay. a west window, that would even be better. Okay. Okay, so south is your best, your brightest. West is your second. East is the third brightest window. So okay. Remember, cactuses traditionally like lots of light. The more light, the better. Right. Well, the east wind was the best option. I don't even have any south window. Yeah, or, okay, perfect. Okay. Let us know how that goes, Ruth. I will, and thanks so much. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, Ruth. Thanks, and happy March. Thank you. (laughs) Same to you. Okay, bye-bye. It's it's the Ides of March. The Ides of March have come, yes. Yes. Well, now, I almost went to Boris Karloff. I know, I think it's uh, Caesar, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Yes, Mr. Caesar. Oh, good Lord. Well, you know, I feel so good that the temperature is at least heading in the right direction. We know it will eventually that I'm ready to sing the name of the next caller. Oh, no. Yes. Just a minute. I'm almost set. 
I'm warming up now, and the caller from Mississauga is waiting. Gina, Gina. <laughs> Hello, Gina. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you very much to you both, and good morning. Morning. I have a jade plant, mm-hmm. and my concern is very, it's, it's very healthy. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I thought that it should be spreading instead of uh, growing taller. Mm-hmm. And is that normal for a jade plant? Yeah, Jay, you know, how big is the plant? Uh, I just measured before I called you, and it's uh, the, the tallest one is uh, almost 13 inches high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and it's about two years old. I bought it as mm-hmm. a small, maybe three or four inches. Yep. And I transplanted it into a, a bigger pot, and the, and the um, it's not that big across. The mm-hmm. pot is only about oh, eight inches across. Oh, that's plenty big. Oh, is that? Yeah, because probably when you got that plant, it was in a four-inch pot. Yes, I bought it at the church uh, sales, yeah. Yeah, so always remember when we're transplanting any plant, yeah. the biggest pot size that we go up yeah. is one size. Oh. So from a four inch, you go to a six inch. Okay. And from okay. a six inch, you go to an eight inch. Okay. And yeah. the reason why is because um, it's just such a dramatic change for the root system of the plant. Yeah. Sometimes plants will just stop growing. They just go into a bit of a shock when oh, you okay. put them into a pot that's too much bigger than what they came out of. But that doesn't seem to be your problem. It sounds like it's a healthy, happy plant. What you need to do now is you need to get out your little scissors or yeah. pruners yeah. and you need to... T- take the tips off of uh, particularly the tallest stem on that because you're going to try and get it. You want to force some branching. You want that plant to be dense and compact and wide and good-looking and balanced. Uh, You don't want just a tall, skinny-looking, you know, angular-looking plant. And so that's where the pruning comes in. And now is the time to do it. So your timing is perfect. Okay. And uh, would you suggest that I leave it alone for a while? Because it's so healthy, it's beautifully green, it's facing, I'm in a condo, Mm -hmm. and it's facing east, and there's a sun coming to that little window I have. Yeah, but you see, right now, March the 1st is the perfect day to prune that plant, just the tips, prune Uh the tips off. So we call that tip pruning, you're going to take like a half an inch off of any... On all of them? On every one that, that seems appropriate. Because remember, you got to say, all right, when I take the tip off, now I'm going to get side branches from that point. Okay. okay. So you got to look at the plant and say, you know, do I want every one of these tips to be pruned? Definitely the tallest one for sure. For sure. Uh, and maybe all of them. But okay. do it today and, uh, and then just carry on with the good care that you've been doing. And you're going to find that it's going to grow a little bit differently. And again, you're going to look at it in three months and say, oh, I might just need to do a little more pinching or pruning. Just oh, again. Oh, and think, you, would de- you would do that Uh, every three or four months? Um, Particularly in the spring and summer. Remember, plants don't move a lot, grow a lot in the fall and winter, so we don't do a lot of radical pruning at that point. Right. And would you put it outside on the balcony in the summertime? You could, with an eastern location, and I'd probably love it out there. Okay, okay. That's very good. I really like your show. Thank you. And I'm a senior, and I do appreciate your garden show, even if I can't have a garden anymore. Well, you can <laughs> definitely have plants. Yeah, You've got I a balcony. <laughs> Thank you very much, and happy March the 1st. Thank you. You bet. Thanks Thank a you. lot, Gina. Bye-bye for now. Okay. You're listening to The Gardening Show from AM 740. It's actually as we... The Garden Show. <laughs> you see what I deal with, folks. Every you well, see on, what I deal with. Yeah, I know. You're singing. <laughs> see what I deal with. Yeah. Well, that's true. A little bit of a trade-off going on here in exasperation. Yes, um, yes it's the garden show <clears throat> with the host 
Correct. Keep going. Uh, yes, yes. Charlie Dobbin. Yes, I'm listening, yeah. Who's waiting by anxiously to hear your question or your comments, and I hope you have mm-hmm. a number of comments for her. Anyway, uh, the positive phone... ones. <laughs> <laughs> phone numbers for Toronto, 416-360-0740, and then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. This is your true and faithful friend, Frank Proctor, uh, helping... <laughs> Charlie, the host of the show and the garden show here on AM740. And we true should, and faithful, I like that. True and faithful. That's yes, good. Yes. Frank, and, true and faithful. Well, okay. <laughs> you caught me. I'm going to quote you, you on one that. One out of two. One out of two. <laughs> We're going to be back and have a word with Valerie Valdera in just a couple of moments. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And just before we return to the phone lines and the questions, let us uh, hear a little story from uh, Charlie. Oh, thank Now you. I lay me down to... No, what is it? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I do get email from, from some of the listeners, and we have a, a very uh, big fan in Belgium. Wow. His name is Peter Hume, and he wrote an email, and it's actually very good timing. So I, I want to just address partially what he sent the email about, but he intros the email by saying that he, um, he was touched. He does listen to the podcast of the show, of course, because he can't hear it live. So he was very touched by the special program I did from home after I had that oh, s- right. skiing accident. Yeah. So he says, Frank, you might be the friendliest, uh, jolliest, and most natural radio presenter I know, but you have nobody, capital N, but nobody to replace Charlie as the true gardener. Okay, just thought okay. I mentioned that. Fine. Uh, However, hey, the, the real gist of the email, oh, so you don't want to say anything? No, to that oh, I, I do, I do. I'm waiting. <laughs> hey, I just okay. want to know if you just hurt your arm patting yourself on the back so much there. <laughs> oh, I see. All right, well, his real, the real gist of Peter's email was oh, yeah, let's he, get to that. seedlings. He, uh, he does like to grow seeds. And every year he grows seeds, and they come up really nicely. But then they get really weak and spindly and, uh, you know, leggy yeah. is, a, is a term. So he did hear on one of the prior shows mm-hmm. that it's all about light, that little baby seedlings need lots of light. And if you don't have big windows or access to a greenhouse, you got to think about artificial light. So he did send me some photographs of a rig that he created with um, low-energy lights, uh, all put into kind of like a board idea on pulleys, and then he's got his seedlings growing in a box, all lined with a foil aluminum reflectors inside the box, and then he's got over top the hood with the lights attached, and as the seedlings grow, he can raise the lights up. Wow, this guy is no... (laughs) Tell me, I'm... Telling you, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm telling One you. One smart. Co- I wish I could say a smart cookie in in Belgium, uh, or, <laughs> in Belgique. I don't. Belgique, I, I yeah. think it's uh, French. I wish you'd ask him what is what yeah. language. Anyway, he's, he writes I, very... I'm looking at James. His English know. is really good. So, you know, so many of the Europeans have so many languages. But bottom line, it was very interesting photo. So thank you, Peter, for sending it. And thank you for bringing that up because that is something that many people struggle with is that, you know, enough light at this time of year to keep our seedlings healthy. So green and compact and dense growth, yeah. strong stems. Well, interesting note. <clears throat> and I may, might be Flemish. Uh, oh, the yeah. language that Maybe, yeah. I'm trying to think of. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not sure. You're I'm just sure. making that up, I know. No, 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 no. Uh, but I, I love the, the part, especially about you and how important <laughs> you are. 
hey, I bet you <laughs> what you really love is the part that says, Frank, oh, yes. you uh, might that's... be the friendliest, jolliest, and most natural radio presenter I know. Well, I actually gave a little signal to James to record that part so we could throw that in from <laughs> time to time. He doesn't say I'm friendly or anything. He just says I'm a good gardener. You're yeah, the friendly, jolly that's one. That's right, yeah. Well, he's heard you give me a shot or two. That's uh, what's well, happening. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like you didn't deserve it. <laughs> exactly. Well, from Etobicoke, Valerie, 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 good morning. Good morning, Charlie and uh, Frank. Good morning, Enjoy Valerie. Enjoy your show every week. Thank you. But I've got two sick hibiscus. Aw. And I don't know what I've done wrong. In the beginning, I thought I was watering too much. Mm-hmm. I was watering maybe every second, third day. Mm. And, of course, all the leaves fell off. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two different hibiscus. One is almost leafless, but it has green on the tips, and the other one has a couple of buds on it. Mm. In fact, there are three buds on it, but the leaves look as if they're needing water. Mm. If you look closely at the leaves, okay, so the leaves are droopy. Are they yes. <clears throat> kind of a pale green, or are they still a good bright? They're quite a good bright green. Okay, and probably, though, they're quite dull. They're not shiny right now, the leaves, no, when they're, no, they're limp not. like that. They're in an east window. Okay, so... Uh, now, when you say originally you were plant watering every three to four days, that was back in the fall when you brought them That's in. That's right. I, I, I thought that was probably why the leaves all dropped off. Well, no, sometimes the leaves drop off just because the light levels are so dramatically right, yes, different. Yes, yes. So plants do... Remember, when the leaves grow in high light conditions, and then we bring the, leaf, the plants into low light conditions, those leaves are ineffective. They cannot absorb nearly enough light to do the photosynthesis they need to do. Yes. So they eliminate all those leaves and grow new ones. And the new ones they grow are designed for for those new light conditions. So what you have right now, it sounds like you have alive plants, I've but they're struggling. Different Yeah, different colors, I guess. Yes. So um, are they big pots or can you lift them up? Uh, they're big pots. Right. So if you felt the surface of the soil right now, do they feel quite dry? Is yes. the soil dry? Because yes. remember now, our days have gotten quite a bit longer than they were two months ago. Plants are responding to those longer days. The intensity of the light has also increased. So it, we now start to water more than we were watering back in October and November and December. So if we were on a you know once every 10-day schedule, now we might be on a once every 9-day schedule or 8-day schedule because the plants are using more water because they are more active in the longer days. I'm doing about once a week now. Okay. When you water, just like the, our first color, Ruth, with the Christmas cactus, it's very important that you water thoroughly. So water, the, the whole pot is saturated. You want water to come down through the drainage holes into the saucer below. Yes. Okay. So if they're big pots, you might be watering with four or five cups of water, maybe more, a liter or two liters, uh, based on the um, the size of the pot. So that's yes. thorough watering when you water and drying down in between. What you're going to ultimately do with those two hibiscus is you are going to get out your pruners and you are going to do some pruning. Now, if you see little green buds, you said the one has little green buds only on the tips. Uh, yes. So I would hesitate to cut all the tips off because then you would cut all the buds off. Right. However, if you can take the tips off and still have some buds left behind, then I would do that, and I would do that now, anytime in the next, today, for the next two weeks is your time to do that because we really are at that pruning time. Um, Again, similar to uh, Gina who called about her jade plant. This is the time plants will respond very, very um, properly or effectively to being pruned now. Oh. So if you take the tips off of the, the 
budded hibiscus, you will find that those will turn into leaves very quickly ah, with right. appropriate watering. And remember, a, a water meter or a moisture meter is a very handy tool when you have big pots that you, you know, too heavy to lift up, too yeah. big to stick your finger into. A moisture meter is a little probe, goes down, you know, eight, ten inches under the surface of the soil and gives you a reading as to what the moisture levels are down there. Helps a lot when it comes to figuring out how much to water. Uh, maybe I haven't been generous enough. Yeah, you might be just kind of doing a little superficial getting down the first inch or so. And you really want to get that water right through. Now, the one that's got buds on it, I think yeah. you want to leave those alone and enjoy those buds. But as soon as, those, as soon as you see a branch with no buds, do that same pruning we just talked about for the first hibiscus. You're going to want to prune them back. You're going to force a bunch of new growth, and they're going to be better-looking plants as a result. Are you saying prune about half the plant then? You could prune up to a third, but remember you've got to leave something green behind. So you can't prune it so hard that there's no green buds at all. Otherwise, the plant is likely to die. I've been very proud of these. They've been gorgeous out on the deck all all summer long. Great. Well, they're pretty tough plants and vigorous. So certainly, like I say, this is the time to do what we've said, water more thoroughly. And don't hesitate to get out some fertilizer. Uh, Already? Yep. Yep, it's March. It's time. Okay. <laughs> Once a month at the most, fertilize right. with a flowering plant fertilizer. I shall do that. Well, okay. I hope they'll cover. All right, you let us know how that It'll goes. Be thanks to you. Okay, thanks, Thank Valerie. So Good luck. Have a great day and uh, welcome to March, Valerie. Yeah. Nice to have you on the show. This is the garden show, by I the think way. It's, it's interesting. Eh? It's March, but we all still feel like it's winter. Like, oh, you can, oh, yeah. You can hear the callers, eh? They're Very all going, what? What? I'm supposed to. It's, it's like spring. I mean, it's not really spring, but, you know, days are longer. It's time to prune. It's time to fertilize. It I wish really somebody is. would tell uh, Father Winter because uh, he's still hanging around. Uh, My gosh. You know, Mother Nature, she's just going to knock well, him right out of his place. Oh, okay. Here we go. The battle of the sexes is on. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's let's... coming. Come on. Spring yeah. is really coming. All right. It really is. And we can always go to Canada Blooms oh. to get a little taste of spring That early. gets underway very shortly, doesn't Two it? Two weeks. Two weeks from yesterday is the opening day. Wow. So two weeks from today it will be open. So that's 14th to the 23rd at the Direct Energy Center. Excellent. Alrighty, and, let's... And you're going to come mm, Yes, yeah, no, Di and I will be there. I look forward to seeing you. With I'll, bells on. I'll buy you a, a glass of um, sample wine. <laughs> a glass of... Sa- that means free to Charlie. She's somehow conned that's, some that's vineyard into giving her wine. And, Santa mm. Margarita Vineyards out of Italy is the uh, wine sponsor. Well, wonder... Oh, really? Yes, yes. And, um, and I'll... I'll Take you out for some wine. Oh, how sweet of you. Hmm. <laughs> Take you in the storage room and we'll have a bottle. No, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you remember, I'm taking Di with me. Right, right. Okay. Oh, she's loves Di's I know Di. <laughs> okay. we got to get out to Brampton. Okay. Terry Terry has been very patient and, mm-hmm. and waiting on the line there. So, good morning, Terry. Welcome to the Garden Show. Hey, how are you all? Great. Great. Thank you. Good morning. Um, my quick question, and promise only one, is about amaryllis. Mm-hmm. So I bought several. They're in bloom. Some are really tall. Some are shorter, but they're all opening slowly. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to fertilize because that's what I read I should do. I'm not sure if I'm trying to save the bulb. (laughs) Yeah. Or do I just let it grow, water it, and when it dies, take the bulb and put it in my composter? Okay, so interesting question. I mean, amaryllis, they're blooming now. That's great. Yes, you can start to fertilize as the bloom starts to fade away. 
what the plant is going to naturally do is it's going to put out a lot of leaves and look for nutrient in the form of sunlight or fertilizer when you're adding it to the soil to bulk that bulb up again for even more flowers next year. So is that why the flower is out but the leaves aren't out yet? That's right. It starts with a flower and then the leaves follow. So if you've got the room and the patience and the desire, you can you can raise that plant as a house plant with green leaves after it finishes flowering right from now until August. And it'll be a green plant, green leaves. You're going to water, you're going to fertilize, you can put it outside for the summer. But at some point, late August, typically, we stop watering, we bring it in the house, we put it in a dark spot and we ignore them. All the pots into the dark and no, no, no water. watering. No water. Okay. And that forces all those green leaves to shrivel up and turn yellow, and the whole plant just goes completely dormant. So you leave it in that dark, dry location for as long as 10 weeks. So from late August right through until mid November or late November, you pull those dried up pots with those dried up leaves out of the dark, put them into the light, water them once, and at that point, what comes out net first should be flowers. So do those leaves turn yellow? They will when you stop watering. If you keep them in the light and keep watering them, it will just be a big greenhouse plant with big green leaves. And it will do that forever and ever and ever. So... I let it to dry out because it's in the basement, and then I chopped all that off. So well, I just the bulb. you won't even have to chop because they will just be shriveled up and oh, dry and, and will just gotcha. fall off, basically, when you go to move them later. And um, do I have to put them in peat moss or something to keep them dry? N- no, or? no, leave them in the pots they're in now. Oh, yep, yep. because just, they're just sitting in the same dry dirt. Yeah, but right now, yes. But, of course, you're watering them right now. No, no, I'm talking about when they're already dry. Yep. Do I leave them in the dirt or yep, I pull yep. them out? No, no, leave them in the pots. Just put, huh. t- put them pot and all into the dark, let them dry down, remove the dried up leaves when they dry down, yeah. and let them sit there for 10 weeks. Mark on the calendar, bring them up 10 weeks later, into the sun, water, and they will grow. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> Bulbs are amazing. I've yeah. had amaryllis before. Oh, oh, my goodness. I know, they're really rewarding. Eh? They're just... Now, um, apparently, if you leave them in the sun, they... they um, they open and die sooner, so you should move them away from the sun once they open, right? Any flowering plant will last longer in a cooler location than a hot location. Gotcha. So that's why you're taking it out of the sun, is just to get it into a cooler spot. Very good. All right. Yeehaw. Good luck. <laughs> I love Yeehaw. it. First time amaryllis grower, and she's having a lot of fun. I'll tell you. I, I had trouble with you last time I asked you questions. I promised I was going to be a good uh, You are very good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Okay, Patrolman Proctor gives you a pass. No, no problem, Terry. Thank you very much for call, calling in. Okay, now uh, we have uh, um. Ann. Let's see. Isn't uh, it oh, Ann? Oh, no, you know, I'm just looking at the clock. Oh. I think we're in time oh, for... Oh. For a break here, so we shall defer to James Patrick Dooley, the border operator, as it's officially known. But producer border of the operator? show, well, oh. B O R E D, board operator, <laughs> <laughs> and he he will get a few messages from our fine sponsors on the air, and we shall return to talk to Anne in Wyoming, Ontario. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
Hi there, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, just let me explain the reason I'm going to ring the bell here. I believe uh, Anne, who is uh, calling from Wyoming, had called in uh, a couple of weeks ago or made the initial phone call, but didn't get the bell. So I, in, well, I want to rectify that. So, Anne, that little bell is for you, and welcome to the show. Great. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, I had called and uh, forgot to tell that I was a first-time caller, well, so I didn't want to miss out on the bell. Well, well, there you go. Welcome to the show, and you now have your wings. <laughs> Thank you very much. I um, enjoy the show very much. I just have a question regarding some new trees that mm-hmm. we planted in September, mm-hmm. and once we planted them, we staked them. Mm-hmm. My question is, how long uh, should we leave the stake? Um, I know you're not supposed to leave them for a long time, but Mm -hmm. we just weren't sure when should we leave it for a year or take them off earlier than that, or what would your suggestion be? The rule of thumb with newly planted trees is one year, stake for one year. But there are always kind of things to think about here. If you're in a really wide open field and the wind whistles through on a regular basis, then you might want to stake for 18 months because you might want to do two winters Mm -hmm. uh, just because that northwest wind can be so devastating. Right. But if you're in some tucked in little urban backyard where there's buildings and trees and it's quite protected, you might end up staking for less than a year. But but one year is, is the norm. Okay, yeah, two of the trees are actually right beside a field uh, where the wind does come through. So I would think we would probably do the, you would probably think 18 months for those two. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah. The reason, if you stake trees for too long, the tree becomes dependent on the stake. Yes. And I the know, tree gets... Heard, you, yeah. you have probably said yeah. that before. So, okay. That's they get very great. Weak. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks have for calling. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling from Wyoming, Ontario. You know, I always, Wyoming, I always think of, you know, people sitting around on horses with... And you're dressed for it. Well, I, I am. <laughs> I've got my... You, you made fun of me when I walked in. <laughs> I have... Folks, I have jeans on this morning. A very nice yellow shirt. Yes, very yes, nice. Yes, very nice. And it's going to the hoedown. <laughs> and patterned suspenders. And yes. Oh yeah, look and at we're, we're going to do a little dancing down. after this. <laughs> Get out the fiddle. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. what, what's interesting about the last caller, what Anne was just saying, physiologically, I know this has nothing to do with your attire. Uh, trees actually will, when they're staked for too long, will be weak and more liable to break in a wind than if they are unstaked and allowed to fling back and forth in the wind. They, and get the, strength the girth from gets wider, and the actual cells are are more densely packed, mm. and they are much stronger as a result. So they're able to bend in the wind without breaking. That's a good point to yeah. pass along. So never, never stake for too long. I and mean, if you, you know, I see it all the time actually. And new developments where, right, uh, whatever the developers or cities put in these stakes, and they never. Ten years later, they're still there. It's like whoa, <laughs> whoa, not good, not yeah. good. Well, what is good that we've heard from somebody finally from Toronto? For gosh sakes, oh, how gosh. about that, yeah. Jerry? Welcome to the show. Hi there. Morning. Hi. Um, talk about this is really good timing because I was just at my local grocery store, which usually sells all kinds of plants, and I noticed there was a hibiscus there, hmm. about four foot tall, with mm-hmm. lots and lots of blooms. Okay. 
Now, I was thinking of bringing it home, but the only way I have to bring it home is my little is my grocery buggy, which is a pretty large mm-hmm. grocery buggy. I can tote that four foot tree home. But I wondered, uh, like it's pretty warm, relatively a warm day today. Would it have any effects on the plant if I brought it home? And if I did get it home, or when I did get it home, would I have to make any special precautions or special steps to make it live? Okay, good questions, actually. Uh, okay, so you're in Toronto, and what's the high for today? Does anybody know? What's Minus the one or something like that. Oh, so close to zero. Hmm, and how far of a walk would it be? Like, how many minutes would it take to get... 13-minute walk. 13 minutes in that, in like zero degrees. It, it could be done. However, this plant has to be really well wrapped. So it's not just taking a naked plant and sticking it in and running. That's it's got to be, yeah. yeah this, and the store where you're going to buy it from will have either paper or big plastic, or you could should go prepared with even a, a blanket. You know what I mean? You want to have that plant wrapped up so that it's not being exposed to anything close to zero or below zero. Really? And once it's inside that wrapped package, and, it, you know, mm. I've done that with blankets and, and duct tape, you know, when you're transporting things out of Canada Bloom sometimes just because right. it's too cold. And they're, they're in leaf and the leaves will, fr- you know, freeze and the whole plant will suffer. So and you don't, you'll lose buds right away. It'll be the first thing you'll lose if it gets too cold. Um, now, the plant might not die, but still, you want to take advantage of the beautiful buds and flowers that are there now. Yeah. So it's really just it's a good wrapping job. Somebody in the store can help you do that. Get it into the buggy as fast as you can home. Once you're home, inside, um, and then, you know, slowly open it it up, expose it, you know, you're going to open it to the, to the room temperature you bring it into, get it into the sunniest possible location you have at your place, and, uh, and water it when you get home. And the reason you're going to water is because you're going to help. It's going to be a bit stressed through this process of being wrapped and unwrapped. So a little bit of water just to help, it, either a lot of water because it's dry or a little bit of water if it's well watered now uh, will help it get through just that, that process of the new home. Yeah, because it's such a nice tree, I wouldn't want it to drive home dead, you know? No. But you know what? Hibiscus can take down <clears throat> down to below zero for short periods, uh, as long as it's not too much below zero. But like I say, you will lose buds first if it gets chilled. Right. They're pretty tough plants. You see them in the tropics, hedges, and people are out with chainsaws, and, you know, they're, they're really very vigorous, very tough. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for Thanks calling. Thanks for calling, Jerry. I, I, just, I just may get it. I'm not sure yet. All right. Well, let <laughs> us know if you, if you get it, how it goes. Okay. Take care. Thank you for calling. And this is The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank Proctor, of course, the hostess of the show, <laughs> is <laughs> Charlie Dobbin. I just will fall off my chair. <laughs> and our, our board operator is James Patrick Dooley. Now... James has been doing his work well. You've been working hard there, giving out the answers and giving me shots. you've been singing. uh, And I've been singing. Getting ready for the hoedown. Sylvia is online from Peterborough (laughs) and is a first-time caller. So, Sylvia, that's for you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Hi. I'm trying to start a terrarium Uh under light, and I'm trying to figure out what kind of plants I should put in there. Hmm. I was thinking of cacti, but... uh, I'd like something with blooms, and all cacti don't bloom all the time. Okay, so a real terrarium is a glass. It could be like an old aquarium. Mm-hmm. and That's it's what I asked. Yeah, and it's something that we fill it with some soil and some sand. And actually, you can make whole little worlds in there, right, with little miniatures. It's all miniatures, right, some rocks, right. a bit of moss. Uh, but if you're putting a lid on it, and that's what a true terrarium is, by putting a, a lid on it, a, a little ecosystem gets set up within this glass world so that the moisture 
evaporates up, hits the roof, drops down as rain, goes round and round. And they can be a little bit tricky to set up so that they really work, but you would never put a cactus into that kind of an environment because it would be way too moist and humid and it would just rot. Okay. All right. The lid I have is the one for an actual terrarium, so it's not a glass lid. It's mm. um, one of those, uh, a, oh, a light? like a mesh oh, okay. lid. Okay, so it is open. Yes. Yeah, so it's like a lizard tank or something. Right. Um, okay, so then, yeah, so uh, you could then uh, think about cacti. There are some cacti that bloom, um, mm-hmm. and certainly some of even the prickly ones will bloom because there's desert cacti, which are what we kind of think of the traditional spiny cactus, and then there's the forest cacti, which is the Christmas cactus and the Easter cactus and those guys, and they're, they grow more in the shade. So what you're going to want to do is decide where's this glass terrarium going to go, and then, like in your home, once yeah. you've got that figured out, the light levels, you know, is it a south window or a west window? Because <clears throat> you've got to be careful when we put a glass enclosure into direct sunlight, we sometimes set up a bit of an oven, right? You get all that the, pr- light. The space I have for it is not really going to get much light. Okay. It's uh, in the middle of the room. Oh, okay. You so know what would be nice? Artificial light. So think about uh, right now in the stores, you will find there's some lovely little ferns out there right now. There's a lot of foliage, small foliage plants being sold in the garden centers and the grocery stores because there's a bit of a trend uh, with these, what they call the fairy gardens. And fairy gardens are all about miniature gardens. So you're actually, your timing is good to try and set something like this up. Either, you know, to do it now or wait and you'll even have better choices by May for some pretty funky little neat plants but what I would do is I'd go with some little ferns you know little button fern and there's like lacy ferns and you know bird's nest ferns a few little ferns and think about maybe an African violet as your flowering I, plant. I did think of the violet yeah. the violet grows well under light does it it will uh, grow well in light yeah exactly in this kind of situation you're talking about yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that route. Thank Try you very it. much for your time. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us and uh, getting the bell. By golly, we've had a number of... Co- well, actually, I think we had a what? Uh, well, we three? gave Anne her bell because, yes, you know, we were... of course. We neglected last time. But you are a true and faithful friend to all of us. Well, there you are. <laughs> you, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> you actually did. <laughs> oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Um, hmm. 9.51 here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, and we'll return in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here along with James Patrick Duleria, our Board operator, and Dooley. of course, <laughs> Dooley. Dooley. What did I say? Jewelry, did I? <laughs> because you're wearing lots of jewelry. <laughs> he used I, to call I, I me don't Charlie Dubbin. Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shoe polish next door here. Okay. We, Frank, we are, Frank just calls us anything he wants. <laughs> That's he makes right. it all up. <laughs> <laughs> Would you stop? I'm trying to welcome Mary from oh, Brampton yes. to the phone, to the lines yes. here. To the show. Yeah. Oh, hello there, Mary. How are you? Good morning, guys. Good morning. You, you know, people, great minds think alike. I'll say that. All because right. Because I had a question on wait, amaryllis. Mary, you got to turn your radio down. Oh, well, I did. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute. Here I am. She's coming back. There we are. Okay. 
I had two questions. Oh. On the hibiscus. Uh-huh. I don't know if we can fit two in. No, and our, our amaryllis. They were both asked on the question. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, great, because I didn't know which one I wanted to ask first. <laughs> Excellent. So, because you have both these plants, obviously. Yeah, I have an amaryllis that thinks it's a palm tree. Uh-huh. And I got a hibiscus with buds on it. Oh, beautiful. So I know what to do with the amaryllis. Leave it alone. Yep. And I know what to do with the hibiscus. hibiscus. Just pinch back, but leave the buds alone. Well, that's you can't really pinch back until the flowers are finished, right? Because the buds are always on the tips. Yeah, and I'm going to leave those. But the the other stems that have no buds, they they are going to be trimmed back. That's right, exactly, like perfect. Said, yeah. So even James sitting here across from me was saying the same thing that with a hibiscus at home, rather than trying to prune it all in one day, it's just been an ongoing pruning because you don't want to lose those buds. So you prune the non-budded stems first, and as the flowers finish, you. Get those pruners out and keep going. Yep. Yeah, I'm just thrilled. I'm looking at buds at beginning of, of uh, March. Yeah. Okay, we need guys, that. Thank you so much. I enjoy oh. your show thoroughly. Thanks so much for calling, Mary. Thanks for letting us peek inside your home. <laughs> <laughs> show us to the silverware. Oh, no, that's, that's not right. Okay. <laughs> silverware is, is in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then show us to the vault is what Frank was saying. Oh, dear. I should have kept my big mouth shut. Okay, have a good weekend. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Mary. Thank I'm you very much. I'm looking forward to the... Uh, Canada Blue Can't, Show. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. is. Yep, yep. Thank you, love. Thanks okay, for bye-bye now. Yeah, um, I'm glad there's a, just a tad bit of a time left here because I wanted to tell you something. I don't often do this, but I am not impressed with commercials a lot. I mean, uh, you're watching television. You try and skip them by. There was one that both Di and I watched and went, holy cow, what a great idea. It's called the spy ha- Spyglass Birdhouse, and what it is is a birdhouse oh, yeah. that you can – goes in the window oh, yeah. and little suction cups. So the, the, the uh, glass or your window is the back uh, wall yeah. to the birdhouse. So you can, see, you can see the birds coming in, little chicks being born, and it's a two-way glass uh, – a one-way glass, I guess it is, yeah. Mirror. So you can see in, but the little birds can't see uh. – you watching they can only them see themselves yeah. yeah but doesn't that sound neat that is neat yeah you know, i'm just waiting if we get one and i hope we do uh dickens my cat will go oh. nuts <laughs> oh jeez yeah so yeah smash dickens with this crunched up <laughs> yeah, face cats and and glass they sometimes do get confused by it <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't that sound like a neat that idea? is a neat idea yeah, yeah. I, I it's a great idea actually particularly in an apartment that sort of situation yep. where you can't go and stick it out in the yard well i'll investigate that and report to you oh, later. Right, right, where you can get it and how much it costs and whether you've installed it or not. Could you do that? Can you can oh, you yeah. get to a window? and? Yeah, yeah we got a terrific you've balcony. You've got a balcony. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you probably end up it's with all like possible. pigeons or something. All or things are possible. <laughs> all things are possible. You're right. They are. Yeah. Well, report back. I want to hear more about that. Um, all right, you're looking at me. Well, it's your show. <laughs> oh, suddenly it's my Suddenly show. it's your show. Uh-huh. Okay. Tap dance till ready. <laughs> um, all right, I'm looking. I've got an email here. I'm just trying to see what it, what it says before. I... <laughs> a couple of years ago in the fall, this is from June Thomas. A couple of years ago in the fall, a friend gave me several calla lilies that she no longer wanted. Two springs ago, when I first planted them, only a couple of them bloomed. There was lots of foliage. I was wondering, at that time, if I fertilized them too much. I let the plants die down and then took the bulbs out of the pots and stored them in paper bags in the basement for the winter once again, which is what we do. Last spring, I planted them in individual pots. 
I had about 20 pots and watched them grow into beautiful green plants. I planted them a bit too early, I think, as the foliage was quite tall. Once again, only two of them bloomed. What am I doing wrong? A friend told me that they like to be crowded in the pots. Is this true? When is the best time to put them in pots? And is it best to leave them in pots for the winter? All right, it's all about calla lilies. So the question is how to really... You know, what's the best culture of a calla to really be effective? And of course, bottom line, I would not leave them in the pots over the winter. I would store them in dry peat moss for the winter. In the spring, you're going to pot them up right around now, though you could wait another couple of weeks, mid-March. Potting soil, clean pots, artificial lights or in the window, they'll start to grow outside once we're frost-free. Remember, if they're in their pots, they're above ground, it's all okay. But last year was so cold, we had to wait till June to put anything in the ground because the soil was still so cold. And this year, it's going to take a while for the frost to come out. It's been a super cold, long winter. So we aren't going to be planting anything early this year outside, but pots can go out once we're frost-free. And uh, shade, put those plants in the shade. Fertilize every 10 days, and you should get lots of flowers. But it, they do like the shade, and you'll get best flowering there. And we have mere seconds left, and you're off. Oh, look at you, Frank. Frank's studying. He's well, I up. am. Your friend Peter uh, Hume. from Belgium. Yes. Uh, I had opined. I had opined. Yes, you had. That <laughs> Fleming, Flemish, Flemish was the language. And indeed, Flemish or Belgian Dutch uh, is the Dutch language as spoken in Flanders, the northern part of Belgium. Right. And it is standard. It is used in schools, government. So forth, so on. So kind of like our official languages. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. Like we use French all the time. Uh, uh, merci. <clears throat> yeah, merci. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you for so that. So it's a combination of Dutch, French, and German, I, I think. You see. I guess oh, and we got to run now. we got to go. Yeah, oh, Thanks, guys. Uh, Frank, couldn't do it without you, James, and all the great callers. <laughs> okay. See you next week. Bye for now. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.